0: Welcome back to the Andrew Curtis Show. So this week, I thought we'd go all the way back to the beginning, not necessarily my beginning, but um, I've talked to some really cool people already on the show and I would hope that their stories have been inspiring when you've heard uh, about what they're doing right now and and some of the journeys they've gone on to. Um, But it got me thinking also in line with some conversations I've had with other friends recently about the start of something. You know, it's one thing to be a certain number of weeks, months, years down a path, but when you've decided to make that change, what does that look like? Uh, How does that present itself? And fortunately, I know somebody who I thought their story would be perfect to share with you. So she is my guest today. Um, She is someone who her life was going down a path of uh, working in media production, and then... Well, I don't want to give the game away. So, um, if you are looking at where your life is at right now, and you've wondered about, you know, how do you know? What does that moment look like when you've had this, the shift that suddenly says, "Wow, this is what my life is going to be about from now on." This is a story for you to listen to. Joining me now, all the way from South Korea, is Rachel Kim. Hey, you, Rachel. How are you doing?
1: Hello, everyone. Hi, Andrew. I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for inviting me as a guest on your show that's
0: my privilege i i just i love your story so much because knowing from you know kind of where you are where you're at with the direction you wanted to take and then deciding that um you captured wow this is something that i really want to do and following through on that i just feel like that story is everybody's story you know how do i find the thing that i love and then throw my energy into it and, and that sort of thing so if it's all right with you, I'd rather go all the way back to kind of the first steps and, and what it was that, that started you off on that journey. And then we'll just start to unpack some of the things that happened along the way because I think it's just been an amazing story. Does that sound okay to you?
1: Yeah, sounds excellent. And I'm actually very excited to, to share my story in that because it's um, it's very recent. It's just last year yeah. uh, that all of this happened because I actually was the person who didn't know uh, what I wanted, because growing up in an Asian household, well, um, I'm just going to speak this on a general perspective. I'm sure it's different for every family, but um, usually we grow up uh, being told what to do. Uh, So... They, the, I guess, my parents like they told me um, that going to a good college and getting a good job equals the happy life. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Which I was born in South Korea, but I grew up in the States. Um, so even in the States, I grew up with this kind of mindset, um, this fixated mindset that that's that equals success. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, but which definitely wasn't the case for me when I did go to that good college. <laughs> um, so I, that's when I started to get a little bit lost and even. Even then, um, I was struggling to find what I want to do. Um, so I just wanted to make this part of the story a little bit short just because um, even even if uh, you find what it is you want to do, it doesn't end there. So wow. I found out that um, I love media. Um, so I ended up be- majoring in production, video production. Mm-hmm. So I majored in directing and producing and I actually got a job here in Korea as a producer Right at at a Christian broadcast station, which I worked where I worked for about four years But even if I, you know For a lot of people, they would see it as a success, Mm -hmm. right? Like I went to a good college um, and then I found what I wanted to do and I got a good job um, but for me, I actually didn't have my own life because I basically lived at the broadcast station, <laughs> Sure. Um, which was really detrimental for my health as well. So from there, I was like, OK, I got to get out of this because the world was changing so fast. But but I was... Um, just kind of stuck with this job and I wasn't improving in any way but just doing what was being told to do
0: so how did people respond when you when you started to say from something that looked from the outside in like a big success how did you start to raise that issue with other people and say actually you might think this is amazing but it's I'm not into it how did that go down
1: I didn't really get to that until now, as I kind of um, saw, like, I'm beginning to see the bigger picture. But even then, I was still on that discovery of finding what I want to do, in which even at that point, um, I was like, okay, I just want to update, kind of upgrade my studies on production. And I went, but the school that I went to was a leadership school. Mm -hmm. So it's a Christian leadership school that specializes in different things like media and um and songwriting and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um in which it kind of uh I began to learn a topic that I I never learned before uh, in my years of school. Yeah. So that really opened my eyes on this topic of leadership. Okay. And which kind of transition on to my experience of right kind of rightful leadership. When I got hired um, at Apple as a part-time employee,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it was very different from the Korean, like, I guess, the leadership that I experienced at the Korean workplace
2: mm-hmm.
1: when Tell I worked as, what was as, the as a producer in Korea. So when I worked as a producer in South Korea, I still grew up in the States with the Western education for about 20 years. Right? Sure, sure. So, um, and with that mindset, I started to work in South Korea. But when at, at a meeting, there's this one time when we all gathered and they asked us what, for our feedback. They actually asked us for our feedback. Mm-hmm. And I was a newbie. I was a new employee. And I recognized something as um, something that can be improved. And I raised my hand. Um, and my the team leader kind of looked at me funny. And he's like, OK, you're not supposed to say that because it, <laughs> it makes the team leader look bad in front of everybody. OK. So from then on, I was like, OK, I'll just keep my mouth shut because, you know, how I grew up was I, I was encouraged to say my opinions. I was encouraged to speak what was, um, you know, what was inside my mind. Like you're mm-hmm. encouraged to do that. But right. in Korea, like I wasn't. I was <laughs> supposed to just like kind of be quiet and just do what I was supposed to do.
0: So how did you feel that kind of tension then? With because you mentioned you know growing up you know at home and things like that as well. I, I'm just saying this because I think even for people to understand a little more of the background there too. Like mm-hmm. on the one hand you've got this very uh, I guess American Western approach to um, speaking your mind and that kind of thing, but still a very um, what you said is more of a, an, a more dominantly Asian culture perspective on what success should look like and things like that. So I mean what did that create for you? Was there just a general kind of Confusion that you had or how did that how did that show up for you in your day-to-day?
1: It was definitely a confusion Um, But I adapted very quickly. i was like, okay. So this is not how how I'm supposed to um, like kind of uh, I guess act Um, because in South Korea that's obedience like they um, Value obedience, but that is by Being submissive to the the people who are like higher up there in the hierarchy in the workplace yeah sure so it's really based on age and how long that they work there and the title Mm -hmm. that they have yeah um so it's disrespectful if um you disobey like any orders that come from anyone who's older than you or who has worked longer than you okay so, yeah, it, t- it took me a while to adjust to that. But, I mean, I adapted very well, which um, – so, I did that for four years. Mm-hmm. And when I went to Australia and when I worked at um, at Apple, I kind of experienced something totally different, which yeah. was um, they focused on our development. Um, they wanted to um, ask what we wanted, which is definitely something that I was not used to mm-hmm. for four years yeah. as an employee. So, yeah, that's when I got to actually experience what um, kind of the leadership that I feel like it's um, not not to say that the leadership in South Korea is bad or it's wrong. Um, but it definitely wasn't something that helped me to grow right. as a person, like mm-hmm. personally or professionally. Okay. So definitely I was able to um, improve my skills. But I mean, just what I experienced at Apple was far, far more better because I was a very happy person. <laughs> <And> <laughs> sure. Just being in that positive environment helped me to just grow naturally. Yeah. Um, which is the topic that I kind of wanted to get into. Yeah, sure. Because that's the kind of the work culture or that that teamwork culture that I want to kind of um, have a positive, positive influence over here in South Korea that made mm-hmm. me come back to South Korea.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So what was the next step then? So you're, you're over in Australia, you're working for Apple, you've seen this... Um, new way of working, this new kind of work culture. Um, What happened next?
1: So, because I liked working at Apple (laughs) so much, to the point that I changed my visa to um, a work holiday, which allows me to work full-time rather than part-time as a student. Uh So I went to New Zealand. I went to New Zealand um, to do that. But there was a problem with 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 the whole visa process. Mm-hmm. So I actually ended up staying in New Zealand for a month uh, when I actually <laughs> planned for just six days <laughs> So that was something that was not planned at all um, But that's actually when my life just turned around. It was the, the climax of everything that I experienced from like, you know um, my school and Apple and I, I to just Tell you a little bit about that story. Full,
0: full disclosure <laughs> for everybody listening, actually, this is how this is actually how, how Rachel and I actually met each other. Um, so that when is she right. sees, she spent <laughs> she spent some time in New Zealand, she actually ended up crashing um, at uh, at at my place <laughs> with um, uh, with myself and um, a few of my few of my flatmates as well, uh, Johnny um, Shannon, who actually, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, he was actually the first guest I ever had um and so yeah yeah we had this uh this house guest arrived kind of out of nowhere that none of us had met before it was like hey we're just gonna hang out here for like a few days and then we'll we'll head back over to oz and we're like yeah cool oh
1: my gosh now <laughs> like i just left it off i it's such a it, it became like the most amazing story of my life now that yeah. i look back but then and there, like i had no idea what's what's about to come yeah. uh so
0: so yeah, yeah so tell, met... me, tell me a little bit about that. I mean, you know, obviously for, for people listening, look, okay, I, I, said to, I said to Rachel beforehand, I said, look, this is a story about you, it's not about me and, and Johnny and stuff, but I guess we were a part of this, so, you know, fair enough. So yeah, just tell 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 us what your experience was like and kind of where things started to change for you.
1: Yeah, so my trip to New Zealand, it was supposed to be just a vacation and I ended up doing like a lot of crazy things that I was not even able to do, like before, like, um, I don't know, like all the touristy things and I was enjoying the vacation, but um and I was just so thankful for Johnny and, and the guys uh, for letting me stay there because um, I actually never met them before. <laughs> um, just one of the guys who I work with at Apple knew Johnny. So that's how we got connected and I got to stay. And Johnny was uh, more than kind enough for me to stay. Um, but just meeting Johnny and, the, and Andrew and the guys is just, I don't know. I was never around um, these kind of guys. These kind of guys before and i'll explain a little bit more in detail because a lot of the people who are around me they were always they always seem to kind of go through a very hard time they seem very depressed sad um always oppressed at the fact that they didn't have that work and life balance or they're mm-hmm. struggling um in one way or another as you know life is hard for all of us yeah it's str- struggling but um, Johnny and the guys, Andrew and the guys, so positive on life, and um, and Johnny is is a motivation, a professional motiv- motivational speaker. So mm. as I was around these guys, I, again, being in that positive environment helps me to grow um, mm. just naturally. So I was able to take on all these um, things that were like all the conversations that were talked about in the house, and and um, and all these like little habits that I never really seen around me before so
0: kind what of what habits were they I'm fascinated now
1: <laughs> I know I I know like I never told you this before but um when a topic that you guys don't know comes up come up it's like you search for it right away like on on the phone like mm-hmm. it's just automatic and usually when you don't know something about a different topic usually just people tend to just you know brush it off mm-hmm. but just being so detailed in that and, and all, I don't know, all these mm, kind of eagerness to know more and learn more. And yeah, it, it, it kind of started with that. And as my, as I found out my visa wasn't, wasn't going to come out, I stayed for about three more weeks, I think. Yeah, And I was like, oh my gosh, what's going on and and day by day i had no idea when the visa would come out so i didn't know what to plan like i didn't know what to do um so i started to explore new zealand and all these places but um i decided to just stay home (laughs) because i pretty much went um around all of north north uh new zealand like parasailing something i've never done before yeah i went horseback riding i did all these crazy activities. Um, But I was like, okay, I did enough. And I came home and I picked up a book that was just in the house. It's called Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. um, In which I wasn't really that much of a reader before. Mm -hmm. But as I picked up that book, it was, I don't know, it just blew my mind. It, It was the book was about doing the little things every single day continuously,
2: mm.
1: and that will get allow you to get like pretty much anything that you want in life. Yeah, you can get achieve your goals and your dreams by doing the by keeping by actually doing the small habits every single day. And Jeff also mentioned that five percent only five percent of the people do it. And 95% of the people don't do it. And it means he recommended like small habits, like reading 10 pages of a book a day. Mm. And it's easy to do it, right? Yeah. But it's also easy not to do it.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And from there, I got like so challenged. And I was like, okay, I will be that 5%. And that was when I started to just like go to bookstores and library <laughs> and, and, and start to read all kinds of like books on leadership and self-development. Sure. And um, that was possible because I was around like you, like people like you, Andrew and Johnny, who were reading those kind of books.
2: Sure. Because yeah.
1: if that book was never there at the house, like I wouldn't have, you know, just watched a movie or something, or this, I wouldn't have ever had access to that book, mm. which kind of was that pivotal point of kind sure. kind of giving me that revelation that hey, I just lived life, I was just satisfied living life, um, based on what everybody thinks thought of what success was, which wasn't.
0: So I actually want to get that uh, delve in a little bit too to that, um, I don't know, that moment of insight that you had like because what i love about this story too is that in many ways it wasn't planned it was just kind of this adventure but you had this moment where you suddenly went oh my goodness um i've been living my life in a certain way and to me the definition of an of an insight is when you can't go back to the way things were you know when you you kind of seen something you go oh my gosh life is actually this way and you can't go back to pretending that it's, it's not like that. So can you dive into that moment a little bit more for me and, and tell me about that experience when you saw this potential?
1: Of finding.
0: Well, yeah, what, just like if, of what, yeah. Of what, of what you are, you know, when you, when you mentioned, you you know, you suddenly read this book and suddenly went, wow, I'm going to be one of these kind of, you know, at the 5% uh, kind of people like, yeah. Is there anything more to that story there?
1: Yeah, so as as I start, as that became uh, that turning point in my life, I started to realize that keeping that one good habit evolves to producing a lot of other good habits. Like I started to just underline all the things um, that just popped out at me and things that I could really apply. Mm -hmm. And I started to write that in a notebook. And so that notebook Became something that um, that I could always go to and just keep on repeating it in my head, so I could apply it. Um, so I began to apply this just like instantly. So everything that I learned, I began to apply instantly, and mm-hmm. by sharing that with other people, it I noticed that it had the power to influence those who heard of heard that heard what I learned yeah um instantly as well so i guess the journey kind of started from there mm-hmm. and that's when i discovered um this thing called this area called life coaching a yes. life coach
0: yes so tell that's me about when this.
1: i discovered that
0: yeah yeah
1: so i was definitely uh-huh
0: i was gonna say because you've had some pretty remarkable things happen in that space and in, in just the last you know last little while so yeah so tell me more sorry i jumped in all excited go
1: <laughs> i am so excited every time I talk about this because I was actually inspired by Tony Robbins' book, uh, "Awake Your Awake the Giant Within," "Awake uh-huh. Your Giant Within," yep. and that's when I discovered that you know he just called himself a life coach and just reading about everything that he does, um, I you know began to realize that that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So I started to have him as my role model and y- Andrew you recommended uh, Vin Jiang, uh, mm-hmm. the magician also keynote speaker and entrepreneur for me to follow. so um, so having just being around like people like you Johnny and and people who have been like reading all these books or listening to these podcasts, I was able to be more um, uh, aware of these kind of people because i didn't even know who tony robbins was before really i was yeah i was Ah, just okay just you know working in um as a producer for four years without knowing what's going around in the world or (laughs) who's out there like i haven't heard so it's really really important who you what kind of people you are around with that who you surround yourself with Mm. um because it really made that difference in my life um knowing who Tony Robbins is knowing who Vin Jiang is because Mm -hmm. eventually um me following Vin and Tony Robbins I um I kept on listening to like the videos that they post on YouTube Mm -hmm. um even after I came back to Australia so after that month (laughs) of staying in new zealand after i came back to australia i still kept on um boeing so i kept on reading every single day so even to 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 today even to the point of today i still read every single day Mm. um and I did not let that go. And the amount of books that I finished is just massive compared to like how many books I read, like for the past twenty years of my life. <laughs>
2: yeah, sure. <laughs> Which
1: is very saddening. Um a lot of people don't like to read um in, in Korea as well. Um, the, um, so that's what I'm trying to get the young people to do is I to think,
0: I don't think that's unique to Korea. I, I heard so, I heard a stat that said something like upwards of fifty percent of people once they've finished high school um, mm-hmm. Will not read another book From cover to cover again For the rest of their life
1: That is true Because they're so um, I guess Around Like um, Like K-pop And media So they just like to watch Like K Like Korean dramas A lot Not necessarily <laughs> <Right>. read <laughs> Sure Sure Yeah. Uh, so I found this like Huge Huge power in reading um, yeah. A little bit later <laughs> Late <laughs> But yeah, um, yeah. I, I discovered that unfortunately when I'm 30. <laughs> so I'm trying to tell people in their 20s or people yeah. in, their, in college, like, please read. It's gonna change your life.
0: Sure. Um, but when you read though, like, what what are you looking for when you when you start reading? Because what I have found too is that if I when I've talked to people about reading, um, people who read just to say that they read, uh, you know, they'll keep it up for a short period of time, but. Listening to you now, and and from what I know of you know talking to you before now as well, that you don't read just so you can say you've read books. You read for a deeper purpose than that, right?
1: Yeah. So I rec- I usually don't like to recommend people reading novels um, okay. or fiction. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. usually tell them to uh, read like self development books on self development or yeah. anything that they're interested in. So as as their nice. career or their dreams or occupation. Um, so for me, it was uh, the area of life coaching. So I read a lot of books on uh, that Tony Tony Robbins wrote, or people um, who are motivational speakers, and even um, there's this book called um, What I Learned from 100 Days of Rejection by Jia Zhang. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he wanted to um, do all these things that will help him to practice being rejected so to help build endurance so he did he first started off with like this youtube challenge where he wanted to do things that are obnoxious that he (laughs) knew that will get rejected somehow okay yeah but the cool thing is that he learned so much from that um that people actually did what he asked for wow So one big thing was uh, he asked, he went to Krispy Kreme and asked them to make like the donut that was in the shape of the Olympic
2: rings.
1: (laughs) Uh Yeah. Yeah. And then the manager ended up making it for him for free. What? I know it's crazy, right? Yeah. So um, first he wants to just, you know, build endurance and just practice becoming rejected um, so he can uh, kind of go for like... um, I guess do a lot of things that he would think that he won't be able to do just for himself. He actually discovered more deeper things than that. So he wrote a book about it in which by reading that book, it helped me to kind of um, take on challenges that I would naturally think that would not work out. Mm. So that was when I contact contacted Vin Jiang, the keynote speaker. Mm -hmm. So I followed him uh, on like Facebook and I saw his YouTube videos and I kind of um, became very aware of his like, how his um, thought processes or his the message that he sends out to his audience sure um, so that helped me to know what his like um, I guess form of communication was like what he desired hmm. what the most in terms of communication which was through video because mm-hmm. he posted a lot of uh, a Lot of videos and he has a he runs a communication workshop from like uh, two three times a year mm-hmm. and um, To apply for that you have to actually uh, Film a video about yourself telling who you are and that's how you apply how you audition for the to get into the workshop so I um, Wanted to uh, kind of send a video message to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I went to one of the biggest bookstores in Korea, <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> and shoot that as my background because I knew that Vin like um, thought of reading as a huge important, well, like reading was a huge importance for him as well. Because sure. seeing in one of his videos, he mentioned that um, that one reading one book becomes your army.
0: Hmm.
1: So, the, like how many books you read becomes like the size of your army. Sure. And I was really inspired by that, so I went to bookstore and I filmed a message. I was like, hey Vin, um, I'm this just random girl in South Korea yeah. with yeah. this dream of doing what you're doing yeah. here in South Korea. Because South Korea needs it. They yeah. need people, they need leaders like you. Mm. And they are craving it right now. The young generation is craving for that kind of leadership. But there is actually no one. There's not a lot of people who can show that here. So I um, so I told him a little bit about myself, that one day that I want to invite him over and things like that. So mm-hmm. I shot that video and I sent it to him um, kind of in, because I got challenged from reading that book. I wanted yeah. to do... Because originally I wouldn't have even thought about doing this because I would have already thought that, oh, it's not going to work out or... He's busy because he speaks in front of like tens of thousands of people. Mm. Um, it's almost like a celebrity. Like he won't really even reply. Like these would be all the thoughts that would go through my head, sure, yeah. which would prevent me from even uh, wanting to shoot that video.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but I did. I did. And I sent it to him with a, with an email and... Um, and he replied, after, like within the week. And I was just like absolutely thrilled um, to see that happen. That um, someone who I actually looked up to as a mentor or um, uh, would actually get back to me and telling me that he was actually very inspired and motivated at my wow. video and my dream as well. Wow. Um, that, that he would be willing to help with what I what I needed um, wow. to make my dream come true here in Korea. So. But I, if I didn't go through that process, this is what I want to, um, the message that I want to send to our podcast audience is this. Um, I just didn't do this out of the blue. No. I, by following Vin for a few months, I knew um, what would be the best form of communication, what would touch his heart. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. I knew who what kind of person he is. I did my homework in in looking at and watching all the videos, um, so that I wouldn't have to like, you know, ask the ask a question that he already answered in one of the videos. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah, I think it's that process that I and if that meets your heart of your desire of wanting to make that happen, I think that message will go across and move people's hearts, which it did for Vin. Mm. Um, And, and I think in the end it produces passive results in the
0: Uh, end. Yeah. It's actually interesting. Even when I, you know, when I think back to when I started doing this podcast, um, you know, people said to me, you know, like what my, what my goal was, what, who my target market was and all this kind of stuff. Um, and one of the things that I said to people right back in the very beginning was for me that if I create the kind of content that, that really, you know, comes from my heart, um, people who are aligned with that will naturally get on board with it. It's it's not a process of trying to strong-arm people into it. Um, And then, you know, if people like it, they'll they'll listen. And if it's not for them, then they won't. And that's fine. Like, you know, it's a win-win either way, you know. Um, But either way, that kind of authentic communication and being just prepared to say, well, look, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. Do you want to get on board with this thing or not? Um, I just think as a, it's a, it's a risky kind of moment, but it's also probably for me, what I find one of the most rewarding.
1: It is so rewarding, Andrew. It's, um, and I realized that as I met a lot of, began to meet a lot of people and yep. talked about this, talked about my story one-on-one, mm-hmm. they become different after they hear this, they really? become energized and they, even my cousin, he's like, no, no one is as happy as and energetic as you these days. that's what he says and and everyone gets encouraged after they you know hear my story and my passion and my heart towards Mm -hmm. korea Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um and that's where like i totally yeah and know what you're talking about just now that you know that people are craving for that they They're waiting for uh, maybe they're waiting for someone to come and get and bring that out of them, and which is what I wanted to do: bring the best out of them, Uh, bring out their dreams, um, things that they have buried, Mm -hmm. but kind of discovering that and help them to get into healthy habits that will help them achieve that realistically. That's my role as a life coach here in Korea.
0: And and this is all stuff that just naturally started to unfold for you as you started to look at the things that caught your interest or the things that stirred your passions as well. Is, would that be a fair way of summing up how that journey has has gone then up until now?
1: Most definitely. That's the way. Um, it's the healthy habits. It's, not, um, it's really looking into how I allocate my time. Uh-huh. I don't have time to watch k- Korean dramas anymore, <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> I used to love it, but I just don't have time. I, I wake up at 5 in the morning. Yeah. I go to um, listen to a motivational kind of um, like um, uh, what what would you say a lecture. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sure. Uh-huh. To listen to motivational speakers in the first thing in the morning. That's how yeah. I start my day. Wow. And then after I I love I. Just, absolutely love long black
0: (laughs) (laughs) tell me about it i
1: yeah Yeah. i have to have one cup of black coffee a day to start my day it just keeps me going and just being in the cafe and um just spending my first like my first part of the day Mm. um reading Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. get me energized throughout the whole day
2: yeah
1: and that get and by reading and listening to these podcasts or um, or videos, it gives you ideas. It gives you creative ideas as you listen to them. So one creative idea I had was um, kind of looking for life coaches on Instagram. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. So I hashtag life coach in Korean <laughs> <laughs> okay. to discover to discover the people who um, have been doing this for a long time in Korea. Yeah. Because my thought was, okay, if I want to be a life coach in Korea, I have to look for people who already succeeded in becoming a life coach in Korea and see like what their journey was and to Mm -hmm. follow that, follow those footsteps. Um, So the person who I contacted, he's been doing this for about seven years or so. Wow. Okay. And um, he was actually finding, you know, what was the most effective way of um, helping people discover, like helping the young, younger generation. So he basically had the same vision as I. Wow. So and I asked him to meet me <laughs> just yeah. like out of the flu. I was like, hey, I love what you're doing. Can you meet me? <laughs>
2: cool. I was
1: like, because I have the same heart and vision as you. And then he's like, cool, let's meet. Wow. And. Um, Yeah, which was totally cool. And through him, he introduced me to this another lady who was doing this for six, seven years. Yeah, wow. And she is actually, um, she acts, um, her role is like kind of a bridge where she connects mentors with students or people who need it Mm
2: -hmm.
1: or people Mm -hmm. who want it. And she's been basically, she went to pretty much um, all the universities um, in South Korea. Mm Mm-hmm. So yep. that was amazing. I got to, and and as after I got to meet her and connect with her, she asked me if I wanted to run a four-week workshop with college students regarding wow. life coaching. The yeah, dream have, the, the dream. dream. <laughs> this all just happened within the span of a few months. Not even like three. Not even three months. Yeah, Andrew. That is. Awesome. Um, but it was it was me by uh, I d- was able to do that by putting into action what all the things that I learned. Mm. through books and mm-hmm. through by watching videos and listening to podcasts and studying about leadership. Um, I, as I put those things, that knowledge into action right away, it just produced massive results.
0: Yeah. You, you know what else I love about this story, and, and I've thought a couple of times while you've been speaking as well, is when you come to the understanding, there are, are actually a huge amount of people out there who would help you if you ask them. That like, is totally right. Like that, that was a to be honest, something that came to me really more clearly and only the last few years um, mm-hmm. was just this idea that you know I even had too that was like well you know it's all going to be up to me and I'm going to have to figure this out and then I'm going to do this and I mean I'm not naturally an organized kind of scheduled routine kind of person so for me that was just so overwhelming that it tended to result in me just not doing anything. Um, mm-hmm. But when you start to go, actually there are people out there who even going back to that story of the guy, you know, his 100 100 days of rejection, um, Mm -hmm. that when you suddenly realize, you know what, if you actually ask, you'd be surprised how many of these they'll never say yes uh, actually do say yes.
1: That's the secret. That's the magic. That's That's the magic magic potion. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Just ask people. Come on. Uh Yeah. Wow.
1: And, Oh, one thing I want to go a little bit off tangent, yeah, um, but different. it's still relative um, to what we're talking about is, so when I was still in New Zealand, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and the visa finally came out, I was like, okay, I pretty much did all the activities that I could do, but I have a little bit of time before I take off, fly uh-huh. off to yeah. Australia, and and I was talking with you guys um, uh, as to like what I should do, and I was talking about bungee jumping. Yes, <laughs> yes. But bun- Uh uh-huh bungee jumping was not even in my bucket list
0: (laughs) so you had to get a new bucket
1: but just because i mentioned it Andrew, you just said just do it just do it (laughs) yep and then i was like okay i'll just do it and then and then when i got up there on the bridge i was like what have i gotten myself into yeah right and then but i still was able to jump but i after jumping i was like i did i was yelling out i did it i did it and this became a huge um, chunk of my story because I realized this one thing: hmm. the reason why um, I, you know, a lot of people don't do bungee jumping, or I wasn't able to do bungee jumping, was all these, again, these thoughts of telling myself that are uh, like all these things that prevent you from jumping. Like, for example, what if the the, the rope breaks, or what if yeah, I get sure. a heart attack? There's all these like four <laughs> horror, yeah. horror stories about. You know yeah. about bungee jumping out there, and um, but if I listened to those thoughts and obeyed those thoughts, I wouldn't have been able to jump. But yeah. if you just wipe all those out and just make a blank slate and just act it, just do it,
2: mm.
1: just you did it, and you're able to share this like, crazy story with everybody else and motivate them. Um, so I was, I actually use this story to motivate people to just do it, nice, um, and kind of help people to. Like kind of change mindset, change negative mindsets that mm-hmm. prevent them from going forward. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's kind of like what I'm doing a lot with college students because they are and you know, always told to go go the safe way, um, something yeah. that will get them the safe, um, a safe salary. You know, the safe mm. lifestyle.
0: So tell me more about that because I think that that's something I really want to understand because you've. Um, you alluded to it a little bit at the beginning as well, but particularly within um, South Korean culture, um, what what's the what's the experience like? Like when you when you're talking to these young people, what have you seen as the differences between, even say, when your experiences in Australia and the mindsets that that these um, Korean young people have, and then just what this journey of uh, possibility looks like for them? How's how's that gone for you?
1: Mm. So even when I was in the States or even Australia, I was able to see a lot of people um, be so confident about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And it was all different. It was all different as to what they wanted. They knew exactly what they wanted to do and they were doing it. Um, but a lot of the, I guess, college students or young people here in Korea, they, they all they do is apply for um, like prestigious universities, big uh-huh. companies. Yeah. Um, something that will get them that stable job because that is considered, like, the big thing um, here in Korea. Mm-hmm. So now a lot of the young people uh, apply for or study, like, so long to go into, like, the, the like, go into civil service, like public okay. service yeah, yeah. jobs. Uh-huh. And that, it's so, so competitive um, to get those jobs. But all these young, like, young people, they are... Spending so much time and energy and money Mm. into this, that little, um, that little little percentage uh, of going in. And if they don't go in, they either, um, get you know, go through like midlife crisis or or they try to do it again, which is another like four to five years. So,
0: geez, yeah,
1: yeah. But when I asked them, what do you want? What is your dream? It's like, uh, most of them they were not sure. Wow. Or it was like, oh, you know, I just study something that will get me that kind of job just because everyone's doing it. That yeah. was the thing. Because everybody else is doing it. You and know what? I, I
0: don't think that's that, that that's as uncommon, uh, you know, unique to Korea as it is, say, to New Zealand or, or a lot of other places. I think a lot of people, if you ask them, what is it that you want? I mean, I was one of those people. You ask them, what do you want? You know what? If you can't answer in the first couple of seconds, um, that's a clue. <laughs> That's a clue. Um, just to start to yeah. pay attention to those things. That uh, that's why I love your story. You know, you you had this experience that kind of woke you up. I suppose that kind of almost like shook you awake and went, "Hey, this is actually something you really believe in," as opposed to this is the stuff that everybody else said was okay, um, the stuff that everybody believes is acceptable. So. That to me is, is very common, even though maybe it's a different culture and a slightly different, well, a different country and a slightly different culture.
1: And it's okay to not have dreams yet. It's okay to not know what you want yet, because you know it's all about discovering that. Yes. Um,
0: Tell me more about that. That's a great point.
1: Yeah. So you, I mean, they don't have to have, have the answers like right away. I mean, I didn't know either, and I was on. You know, I found out just now, like recently, just like a year ago. Yeah. Um, so. When they don't know, I don't like condemn it. It's like, oh, you know, you don't know what you want. You basically, Mm. you know, like we're following someone else's dream. Like I don't tackle it that way. Mm. But I create that safe environment where um, um, they can find the actual value that they have.
2: Wow.
1: and, And the belief system that they have. Uh-huh. And if it's based on, if it's disempowering, then I kind of question that a lot and challenge them so that they could kind of, mm. um, kind of realize it for themselves because that will bring, that's the ultimate thing that will bring about change when they discover it for themselves.
0: Yeah. Because if I, I, I say,
1: a, okay.
0: Uh-huh. No, 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 keep going. No, this is awesome. We're just saying I got a real hit off that when you're saying about that. Um, yeah. Creating that safe environment and, and, and seeing if it's disempowering or not. So yeah, no, carry on, please.
1: And it's, um, I believe that it's the, um, I guess, kind of the lifestyle and and those successful habits that will kind of help them to be successful when they finally discover what they want Mm. later, eventually. Mm. Mm. So it's not what they do, but it's like that core inner leadership within themselves that they need to work on from now, like from today.
0: Yeah. So So that's
1: what I want to
0: How do you create that safe space then? Because you mentioned that you create this the safe environment where they're able to start that journey. How do you do that? What do you do to create that environment?
1: It's listening. Mm-hmm. Listening is massive. It has such power that a lot of people don't do a lot because there's so much, so many resources now with you know internet and media mm. that we're over. It overflows with information that a lot of people have. So many things to talk about. <laughs> right. that we don't listen to each other, especially even in my family. When I came back from Australia, I noticed the conversation between my parents, and I realized that they uh, don't listen to each other.
2: <laughs>
1: they right. they they cut each other off based on their assumption of what they would, what they thought, or what they would do.
0: Wow. That is an amazing observation, yeah.
1: That built up to uh, like an argument. And I was like, oh my gosh, like you guys came came into um, or started an argument based on what's not even there, what's not even a fact.
0: Wow, Wow. that is such a cool observation. I really like that.
1: So I had to actually stop them. (laughs) Yep. In, so I was like sit, literally standing like uh, right in front of them. And they're talking. Yeah. And I was like, OK, stop, mom. Stop, mom. Oh, listen to dad. I was like, dad, listen to mom. No, stop. No, nope, no. Nope. <laughs> 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 so sometimes you have to force it like this. But yeah. it's really listening to everything that they have to say and understanding. And I think that really starts the um, starts it off of Mm. creating that safe environment that Mm. you're there to listen not to tell them what to do because nobody wants to be convinced nobody wants to be told what to do
2: Um,
1: in which even if you do tell them they're not gonna they're not gonna change or yeah they're just gonna kind of listen with one ear and not the other
2: Mm.
1: so um that was kind of like the thing that i discovered just even within my my family as well and Mm. now wow it's oh my goodness i'm (laughs) so happy my parents They, when they want to interrupt, they're like, oh, sorry, can I interrupt? They say that now.
0: Really? Instead
1: of just for, yeah. You're parenting
0: your parents. That's the dream right there. Wow.
1: (laughs) I am living the dream, Andrew. And I (laughs) was like, okay, I want to start from like my house, my household with my parents, my family.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, And, and it's possible. It's possible, Andrew. I've seen that happen.
0: Uh, and you also made that point as well which I'd love to come back to that you're also and I actually have consider me consider me uh having learnt to the lesson there as well um but when you talked about when somebody's sharing where they're at you know it's a very very important to be in a non-judgmental kind of space for where they're at that if they if they don't know where they're at and things like that you're just like well okay and just taking them from from where they are instead of where we believe they should be mm-hmm so can you speak a little bit more to that then, when when you're having those conversations and people are sharing those kind of things, like where, yeah, where where, where do you go? What do you say? What do you make sure that you don't say?
1: Yeah, um, I make sure that I ask them the right questions to mm-hmm. bring that out of them to get them to think.
0: What would um, they be? Give me some examples. Like,
1: so it can be anything from what do you find most important in your life? Okay. Or what? Uh, when are you most happy? Okay uh so so i start off with things with questions like that and then they kind of go off from there okay and then from then i would ask like more questions to get them um even uh, i guess deeper to share on on a whole like deeper level Mm -hmm. because by that time like you uh build rapport with the other person as you just are there and to kind of listen and as them questions um and also what i do is i started to use um tony robbins book awake the giant awake your giant within uh-huh. as almost like a, um like a, what would you say um almost like a school school book
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah sure okay tell yeah. me about that yeah yes
1: yeah, so there's this one um girl she's she's i think second year in college um i I had a conversation with her and then she actually went and bought the book okay and i was like oh wow like i was amazed at how like quick her action was and i was like okay why don't we just meet up and share about nice. what you read nice. um so from from there um because the book talks about finding your true values and beliefs and all that um as i as we just kind of talk about that topic um, i get to discover what her values are what her priorities are um, sure. Yeah. So right, that's what I'm doing right now with uh, when I do life coaching one-on-one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I would love to share one more thing, Andrew, because I have Please. actually thought a lot about this. Okay. Because here in South Korea, when you say life coach, yeah, it's actually a very um, a, a, it's a term that a lot of people don't like. It a lot of people find unusual. Okay. They, go, they ask me, so what's life coaching? <laughs> and, sure. and, and the term life is so broad and it's a little bit abstract <laughs> right. as well. Yeah. So um, it was really hard to um, kind of when I share that I'm a life coach um, to kind of paint that picture in that other person's mind of what that occupation or that job is or uh-huh. what that is yeah. in general. So I tied it together with teaching English. Okay, um, because a lot of people in Korea want to learn English. it's there's a high market, always a high market for um, for English, like for learning English. Yeah. so um, and a lot of people when they meet you, like they want to know what they're getting out of okay. that meeting. So yep. for if they want a result, a specific result. So this was the way for me to kind of confidently say, hey, you'll be, you'll learn English. But I tie, I personally tied it with coaching, life coaching. Okay. So I teach English through the life coach, coaching content.
0: Cool. What a cool I, idea. What a cool a, idea.
1: It's something um, I love doing recently recently after mm-hmm. coming up with that idea when i do one-on-one tutoring there's this um one college student he is a professional like opera singer okay and i first ask him why do you want to learn english because yeah. not even a lot of teachers don't even ask that they just like teach you grammar that's it right
0: yeah sure yeah
1: and then he begins to talk about how he wants to use english when he goes Overseas as a professional singer and has all these like great conversation in English with like other people other professional singers So I take them there. Okay, I kind of help them imagine that um, That that dream that they have
2: yeah,
1: of, you know, why they want to learn English and kind of um, with that conversation I help them to uh, come up with you know, conversations that they would use When they live their dreams, so it, they get really energized by the time we're done with the one-on-one tutoring because they're not just learning grammar they're discovering what they want to do in life and how they will use english Mm. um, when when that happens
0: yeah Um, i love that you connect it to something that means a lot to them you know that it's it's not just hey have some information but you know taking the time to say um you know, if this is if this is something that you really believe in, this is something you're really motivated about, and they can see how what you're doing connects with that, it unlocks a whole other level of um, energy and and um, commitment that you don't get if it's just a well, I suppose you better learn English. So here's some commas and here's some you know <laughs> here's some grammar. Have fun.
1: Which is basically how a lot of the students have been taught. That's the way because yeah. just getting the grades was their goal, the high mm. grades. The high scores mm,
0: mm. do you so find unfortunate. do you find with that that like because you can get high grades and not really know anything you know what i mean yep. like have, have you have you experienced some of that
1: oh yeah a lot of the students they don't know how to have conversations but they're so good in taking tests and writing wow. but they actually don't know how to speak because they feel like they have to be perfect um, before wow. they can speak out with com uh, with uh, with confidence interesting Wow. Yeah. So that's why I don't even go into grammar at all. Like, I just like make them like talk, just even though I encourage them, it's okay. Just if, even if you're wrong, just like speak. Yeah. Um, then yeah. again, it goes back to creating that safe environment for them to kind of um, talk comfortably. Yeah.
0: Mm, mm. See, I, I actually, I love that because that whole idea of a safe environment was something that came up um, in a different area for me in the last week or so, um, but was just around the idea of having difficult conversations with people. Um, and this idea that we often say, you know, is it the right time? Is this mm-hmm. the right time to have that conversation? And I think it's fair to say there are a couple of occasions where you need to be sensitive to circumstances and things like that. But mm-hmm. what I saw anyway for me was that really that whole idea of um, is it the right time uh, mm-hmm. is a way of stalling. Because if you, if you can't create a safe environment, you're always mm-hmm. going to be waiting on circumstance to give you that that right time you know but if you can if you can create a safe environment that means you can have that difficult conversation anytime because you can make that other people other person feel safe and talk about that thing that otherwise would be really difficult to bring up
1: oh that's that's exactly right that's actually what i'm experiencing right now as i i mean i it's been only about a few months since i've um, done life coaching yeah Things that are related to life coaching here in south korea but what i experienced so far was um it's not having this okay week one we do this and then your life will be great like and week two we're going to be listening week (laughs) three like but the students actually want that but i realized that that's not the way it's different for it look life coaching looks different for everybody
0: sure well life looks different for everybody right
1: Exactly. That's why um, creating a safe environment for everybody who I meet. Um, I mean, I guess this would be more relative to one-on-one meetings rather mm-hmm. than like small groups. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I actually realized that you have. It's it's kind of you don't know what's going to happen until you meet that person and yeah. you hear their story.
0: You see, I I would actually challenge that thought too. That it's not about you know in, in groups as well because for me the, I guess the revolution I've started to observe when it comes to to leadership and, and, and talking with people like this is that there was an old school approach and it goes all the way back to that story you shared at the very beginning, you know, mm-hmm. that said that leadership was very, um, uh, it's very regimented and, you know, there's a lot of, um, can be a lot of fear or in conformity in that yep. kind of environment. Um, but it's just not the best way to get, well, it's not the way to get the best out of people. It's not the way to really energize people and release the best of them. So it's been cool for me to see in the last little while how leadership um, thought leaders have started to acknowledge that actually this trust-based, safety-based leadership style really does work. Um, And it's these old-school people who are perhaps more used to leading through fear or intimidation or, you know, big, scary consequences um that i think are probably finding it the hardest to let go have have you noticed any kind of i don't know tension or conflict with that with people who feel like you need to really put the acid on someone to get the best out of them
1: oh um i guess are you asking if um if i have to kind of uh like for like force it out of somebody or kind of have that leadership
0: Well, it's it's more that when you've got this approach towards leadership that says I want to create, I believe the best way to lead someone is to make something safe for them. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it it might have been your experience, it might not, but uh, it's just I've found that when you're talking to people who have been in leadership a long time, you know, more old school leaders, and if I was to put an age bracket on it, it might be you know the forty or fifty plus kind of crowd um, that are used to leading people through, um, you know, strong consequence. You you know, you do what I tell you to do, and you do it now. Um, and if you don't do it, then you know this will happen. Um, that that's the way a lot of people are used to leading. So when you're coming along with this new approach, this says, hey, what about instead of kind of you know intimidating people or, or leadership through fear or coercion or something like that? What if we created safe environments? Um, sometimes I find they're a little bit resistant to that. So I was just wondering if you'd ever experienced that from you know other people who said no, no, if you want to get the best out of people, you've got to really you know put them under pressure and, and see what happens
1: oh um well i i never really had had to face anybody with that mindset but um what's so exciting right now in south korea is that a lot of the millennials Uh so anyone who was born like in the the 80s and uh um so they are actually wanting the latter so they're wanting that kind of servant leadership where it's all about like about you that it's about helping you grow and that um Mm. that they really want leaders who Create that safe environment because even those who go into big companies and they are under that kind of um, leadership, mm. they are not satisfied. They they come out within like even less than a year because they don't want that lifestyle, even though they get that job um, that they really spent all their uh, all their twenties for. Um, so right now, a lot of I guess people in the twenties and thirties are. Mm-hmm. Craving for that kind of leadership, or they want to be that kind of leader. So, a mm. lot of um, yeah, people are being open to that right now. That mm. makes me even more excited to even have uh, to, to kind of like create all these like workshops or, yeah. um, or because even just like two or three years before, I think it still would have been different that um, people would not be wanting this kind of leadership really? and just accept it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh. happening really fast. And I think it's because um, of the change in society as, as well. The fast change, the fast pace um, mm. change in society as the fourth industrial revolution is, you know, is very near, yeah. and um, and. Because the salary, the um, the salary is not going up, but everything else is going up. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are struggling financially, so that's why they're taking on two or three jobs, or, or sure. trying to start a company on their own and find look for diff- different business opportunities. And all, also, different new business opportunities are starting are mm-hmm. are starting to uh, form in South Korea as well. So as like you know, as these changes. As there are changes in society, I mean, people in Korea they're very open to um, how uh, companies like overseas are running as mm. well. So they kind yeah. of met benchmark like that model as well, in which um, they're very open to companies like Apple, where they're very uh, value oriented or people oriented. Sure. So that's why, yeah, because I have worked in that kind of environment. That's um, that's what I want to. Uh, that's a message that i want to share yeah to the future entrepreneurs or or um in, in south korea is that hey you have to it, let's be let's be leaders who create that safe environment because that's mm. how uh, we can get those results or have that work-life balance that will eventually lead to a happier society sure. korea yeah okay like, hey, like your podcast is all about hey let's change the world, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: oh absolutely, absolutely. No, I mean what else? What else is worth getting out of bed in the morning for? You know, um, I, I just think what actually I saw even more clearly while you were telling that story there is that this idea of you know what what are we going to do now that there's more millennials in the um, in the workforce, um, and something that came to mind while you were speaking there was that really just the future of leadership is close. That that, that we've had this this time where you know you could lead. From a boardroom, you could lead from an office. You could lead by edict that got sent out. But I think the real opportunity for people who are in a position of leadership, and listening to you now, I, I can see it more clearly, is that the next generation, the, the millennials that are coming into the workplace, they're looking for someone who's going to invest into them personally, who's going yep. to genuinely invest in them and be transparent about what's going on for themselves, um, yep. who are able to be. Uh, Have their strengths and weaknesses on show for others. Uh, But the reward will be a kind of loyalty that you can only really expect otherwise from family. Like, I just think that's the kind of closeness of leadership that we are now heading towards as these, you know, 20 and 30 year olds are starting to, you know, really permeate uh, business culture now. Um, Those who have always wanted to just hang back are going to find themselves more and more isolated and people who are prepared to engage and like you mentioned, you know, so well, who know how to create a safe environment. They're the ones who are actually going to find themselves influential and achieving more because they can do it with a team as well.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited I was to come, Andrew, because (laughs) what you're saying, what you just said is is true. It's it's how a lot of the millennials are feeling and thinking right now and they believe that it's right. Yeah. so that's why it's such a good time to kind of send this message across and and you know kind of have them live it out, live out this information as well because yeah. it all um, so a person makes the culture right. Um, mm-hmm. So if you are, I don't know how to say this, but. I think it, in one of the podcasts that you did with um, with Vin as well, it's you mentioned that or um, along the lines of if you don't think, you're just a result of the five people around you.
2: Yeah. So yeah,
1: if you don't know what you want, if you don't know uh, where your heart is, you can only be influenced by the culture around you.
2: Mm, very so true. So my
1: mission is for every you know for all these young people to know what where their heart is what they think is right what they believe is right and what they want to do in life and and when all those people who know what that is when they gather and and it's gonna be exponential it's gonna have ex- exponential influence which will definitely i believe that create that new form that new wave of culture yeah, uh, this shift in um it's almost like a cultural shift almost but. It, it's going. It's going. The. It go, it's going to the good way. It's, mm. it's going the right way, and it will long, go to the right way.
0: You've come a long way from somebody who didn't know what they wanted to do only about a year ago, huh?
1: Oh my goodness, it's crazy. <laughs> I. I am. I. Anyone who meets me, even a month after, they feel a difference. Yeah. Like even my best friend, she like I wasn't able to meet her for like a month, and then she met me. She's like, oh my gosh, like I could feel the difference already. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, like I am i don't know like my heart keeps pumping <laughs> it's so exciting <laughs> and yeah it just happened it's it's because i knew like what i wanted where my heart was everything yeah. else kind of just happened that way yeah it's just like well, i to hope... meet people had the same heart yeah and all these opportunities just kind of opened up so that's
0: well i hope anyone else who's heard this story is, has been inspired by that because i think that that to me was is why i love how much has happened for you in the last little while and why I needed to have you on the show to share that story. So thank you for taking the time to do that. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for this amazing opportunity once again, Andrew. Um, Anytime. And I, uh, I hope that this doesn't sound very Disney-like <laughs> to to the audience, but oh my goodness, it's going to be a reality if you believe it.
0: It's going to be a reality if you believe it. What a cool note to end on, huh? So that's Rachel's story. And I hope that that has been enlightening, inspiring for you. Uh, as always, I love to get your feedback. So you can send it through to me at uh, the Show at gmail.com. Would love to hear what you thought about that and how it might apply to your journey or maybe somebody that you know who's looking for uh, that thing that that mission that purpose that really resonates so anyway always appreciate you taking the time to listen we'll be back in soon see ya